Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Seventh Man Podcast. I'm Will Beverina. I am the chief editor of Dimer2k.com. I am Josiah Cohen, the managing editor of Dimer2k.com. And I'm Len, senior analyst of Dimer2k.com. You got it right. <laughs> we're, we're back for episode 25. Len always messes up his intro. <laughs> we always have to restart. This, so. They, both, this lost, be a good they both lost their bets, so sorry. It is going to be a good podcast. <laughs> you can check out all of our previous episodes on our YouTube channel. Just search for The Seventh Man Podcast. And uh, we have most of our episodes on iTunes, Podbean, and Spotify as well. As always, we want to thank everyone listening for all of the support. It is always appreciated. There are two weeks left in the season, guys, and the playoff race is as tight as ever. We didn't do a podcast last week uh, because the entire league was on a bye. So today, we need to talk about that playoff race, especially after Week 10's results. Um, A lot of big games that really shaped this entire race. Uh, And we're going to approach it like this. So, Josiah, I want you to give me a team that you are very interested in in these last two weeks. I am absolutely fascinated by Pacers Gaming. Ooh. Why is that? Why is that? Will asks cleverly, as if we didn't just figure this out. Uh, I am interested in the Pacers because the Pacers nominally are in the top four seeds right now uh, in the playoff race. They're they're sitting at eight and four. But really, that's only because they've played one fewer game than the uh, crush of 8-5 teams behind them. And they've got a fascinating and absolutely crucial slate of opponents remaining. They've got the Hawks. Eh. They've got the 76ers. They've got the Celtics. And they've got the Nets. Three teams in that immense, probably in the playoffs, but very much in the bubble state right behind them. So I'm really fascinated by the Pacers. I think they've got three very, very important games still on the table. You know, if they drop a game to the 76ers, you know, consider them 8-5. and They're right alongside the rest of the teams. This is no guarantee for one of the teams pegged by many as a favorite coming into this year. Yeah, what's interesting about that remaining schedule for the Pacers that you were just talking about, the 76ers, Celtics, and Nets, they're all fifth- uh, somewhere between fifth through eighth right now. Um, 76ers and Celtics eight and five. Nets are seven and five right now. Uh, what's also interesting is we didn't actually see the Pacers play in week 10. They were on a bye, setting up this um, uh, this final, you know, four games across two week stretch that not a lot of other teams are dealing with right now. They also um, grinded out two very very close wins in week nine beat the knicks by three and the wizards by two so yeah they they haven't played in a long time they haven't played at the top of their game since the ticket yeah which we talked about last podcast they were kind of grinding it out we're we're still pretty unsure about their offense and there were comparisons to the season one pistons thrown in there yeah, I mean, to to hit on the point of like the schedule, you know, you hit on the those two uh, 
week nine victories where they barely beat the Knicks. They barely beat the Wizards. But even the week before that, uh, they lost to the Raptors, and I think they beat the Grizzlies. But, I mean, it hasn't been the toughest toughest sled of games yet. And and as you both hit on, those these last two weeks, three of those four teams are, are also fighting for playoff position as well. So, uh, I mean... Yeah, this is going to be telling uh, a telling last two weeks for Pacers gaming. It's it's really do or die. You know what I just remembered? Like, I can't remember when this was. At some point, we said on this podcast that the Pacers were the new Mavs, in that they had to like prove to us like they deserved, you know, like all the talk of them being good and stuff. And they're eight and four right now. Um, but this final stretch may be their toughest of the season. So I, I guess we're going to answer those questions about, you know, um, can they show us that they can take it to the next level and um, be among those contending teams yeah. in the league? Yeah, I, I frankly, I, speaking of remembrances, I remember week one when they beat the stuffing out of the Jazz 80-42. to 42. They, yeah. they outscored them something like 49 to 20 in the second half or something like that. I don't remember exactly. But, you know, that is the team they should be looking to be. You know, that, that week one juggernaut that had everyone going, oh, man, they're awesome. Yeah, 49 to 15 in the second half alone. <sighs> Incredible, right? You want, you want more of that team. Yeah, the, the tough part for that is I think that at the beginning of the season, they seemed to have uh, maybe players who understood the gameplay a little bit more. Uh, it seems like other teams have been adapting to it a little bit uh, later, in a sense. But now it's you know now we're at the point where everyone there's no excuses. Everyone kind of figures out you know is figuring out their jump shots, figuring out the gameplay and all that. Uh, and granted, I mean Pacers, it's not like they're on a losing streak. Like they're winning games, but they're just not impressive victories. So. I think it's just going to be, it's going to be one of those, you know, one of those uh, stretches where it's like, you know, they're either really going to prove that they deserve a playoff spot, or we're really going to see that the Pacers, I don't want to say frauds, but you know that it it was just a favorable schedule for a stretch. Well, it's speaking to Josiah's point, I guess we we aren't going to see that week one team that beat the jazz by 38 points because they're riding this post scoring wave now um with ramo on there and moving swizzer to the point guard yeah so there's no maddie anymore right wolf is the only player who is sort of back to that week one position right exactly so how that's working out they're they're winning but as we keep saying, they're grinding out these really close wins. And, and um, granted, they did make the finals of the ticket and fell short against the Warriors. But I don't know. Um, I, I'm not quite convinced that I, I, they're probably going to make the playoffs. Probably. Um, definitely not a guarantee, but probably going to make the playoffs. I'm not so certain about their status as a legitimate contender it depends on that nets game that nets game is so important the problem is i almost feel like it's a pity that it's so late 
in the week just because I'm eager and I want to know what's going on now. It's so late in the season, excuse me, it's a week 12 game. But, right, if you look at it, if the Pacers lose that game, right, then we have the Pacers, 76ers, Celtics, Magic, and Nets, all at 8-5, and five, theoretically, if that game happened before this week. So, conversely, if it goes the other way, then, you know, they have a very good shot to make the playoffs and the Nets sort of fall back to a lower echelon of teams in playoff contention. The Nets have a lot of power right now. That's the that's going to be the Pacers' last game of the season, uh, and the Nets. That's their first game of that week. But the, the Nets have an easy week eleven, or you know, an easier week eleven. They play Grizz gaming, then they play Wizards district. So you know, if the Nets are anything like we've seen them be recently, uh, say they win those two games, uh, they'll be sitting at nine and five, uh, and that the, yeah, it's going to be a, a huge decider because. Uh, say, you know, Pacers lose the game against 76ers and lose the game against Celtics gaming, uh, but they, but they beat the, the Hawks, uh, they win the Hawks talent game. Uh, I mean, that, that'll be super interesting because then you're on the cusp of either going nine and seven or 10 and six with that Nets GC game. And, and as we said, it's hard to believe a team is going to make it into the playoffs at nine and seven. Yeah. Looking at it now, um, it's, it's so hard. To guess, I I I've been saying this for a while. I said I would only be comfortable at eleven and five. Right now, the Kings sit at ten and five and at ninety nine point seven percent to get in the playoffs, according to um, our odds. So ten and six is what you're aiming for. And even then, some maybe a ten and six team maybe left out. I don't know. Is that even possible? I'm pretty sure. I'm, sure. I'm pretty sure if you go ten and six, you're making the playoffs. Um, okay. Not certain, but. I, I just think there's there are enough games remaining between you know bubble teams or, or teams you know sort of in the playoffs but still on still on the edge of their seats. I think there are just enough te- enough games between those sort of teams that if you go ten and six, chances are you'll make the playoffs. Um, but I don't have the, the full list of tiebreakers in front of me, and those tiebreakers will obviously come in very very important. So does any nine and seven team get in? Um. If the Celtics, if the Celtics beat the Magic, but still somehow finish nine and seven, I think they get in. Seventy um, Sixers might have some good tiebreakers as well. Um, the Bucks, if the Bucks finish nine and seven, they got a chance. Um, but again, ten and six is is the lower boundary of comfort. Which, just to clarify, head-to-head matchups is the very first tiebreaker. So if you've beaten some of these teams around you, then that only increases your chances of getting in, and, the, and then it goes to point yeah, differential. Yeah, and the Bucks somehow have pretty much beaten everyone around them. Um, not not everyone, but they've beaten a lot of teams around them, you know, except um, the Cavs. They fell flat on their face, and whatever. We're not we're not gonna <laughs> we're not gonna talk about the Bucks um, at the moment. Yeah. I mean, we could, well, we, we could, just... we could, if you, if we, if you like. Well, I gave you the net segue too. <laughs> I, I was trying to do the net segue, <laughs> and then let butt it. <laughs> hey, in. there's, you left too many segues, man. I was just gonna say, <laughs> since we were just talking about the nets, <laughs> that was my team that I'm very interested in these final two weeks. As Josiah said, they hold a lot of power in this thing. They, they, uh. 
um, it, it, as much as you know someone can control their own destiny in this entire thing the Nets their remaining schedule week 11 is the Grizz and Wizards two very winnable games and then week 12 is the Pacers and Mavs Ooh. which as as Ooh. I brought up before the Mavs are in Okay, the Pacers, by that time, the Pacers may be in by that time. If they win both their games this week and they're at 10-4, and four, the Pacers are probably in. So if they get to week 12 and both those teams are in, you know, they may take their foot off the pedal a little bit. Will, and Will open up the... no team takes their foot off the pedal. Come on now. <laughs> I, that's what I keep hearing, Josiah. But um, <laughs> that that's what they tell me, and I'll leave it at that. If that does happen then it opens the door just a little bit more for the nets um and obviously if if you know um the pacers don't win their two week 11 games that that matchup may have huge playoff implications uh in the final week of the season yeah i mean i i kind of hit on it back when we were talking about the pacers i i think that that's one of the more um uh i i, I can't find the word for it but you know it's going to be one of the more important matchups out of all of them these last two weeks is that Pacers Nets matchup because um you know we're kind of expecting by the time that that matchup comes around that both teams you know could really use a win right there uh you know say the Pacers do win those two games uh in week 11 and then they come into that matchup and they've already qualified yeah as Will said that could be a huge you know factor into uh favoring the favoring the nets there the nets there who who know they're going to need to win that matchup but i mean net nets too man they the week 11 is just going to be you know they're must wins but they're easily winnable games like with how the nets have been playing so very winnable yeah very winnable um they're, like i i think they have to go 2 and 0 in this yeah you gotta yeah. go 2 and 0 um, you gotta go 2 you gotta go 2 the answer um, to everything is going 2 and 0 yeah yeah. If the NBA 2K <laughs> League had been around when Douglas Adams was writing, the answer to life, the universe, and everything would have been just go two and zero, or win, just win, or or win the ticket. Winning the ticket is also a good thing to do, um, and yeah. should be done before you start complaining about its placement. But I digress. <laughs> and yeah, the Nets. It's a heady time to be a Nets fan. It's a very heady time to be a Nets fan. Um, and in terms of, of Nets GC as well, because you know they had this great chance to to sort of seize seize a spot in the playoffs, and, and really they're the only expansion team, uh, you know, pending the T Wolves, whom whom we'll talk about a bit later. But you know the Nets are really the leading expansion team in terms of of gameplay, and so you know they have a lot of power, as we said, and you get this chance to beat the Grizz to beat the Wizards, to go into you know, your most important game, your most important two games of the season with an inside track at playoff berth. And you know, no other expansion team can say that. And you know, it's only a select few franchises in the entire league who are in that sort of position. So it's a very heady time to be a Nets fan, um, and it must be nice for them to be making the playoffs when their uh, crosstown rival, their borough brethren, um, is is faring so poorly this year? 
Yeah, I mean, the interesting thing that I even forgot to hit on was, you know, as I was talking about the Pacers and it seemed as if they were squeaking by and they didn't really look their best and we were saying, hey, we really want that week one Pacers back. Nets are kind of on a total opposite side of that where early on in the season, I mean, I don't think many of us really imagined them being here. They just didn't look too good. They were struggling to find their their identity. Um, And uh, as of late, they look like one of the, the hotter teams. I know... Celtics and Magic are getting a lot of pub in that regard, but uh, Nets have been just as hot. And uh, you know what better you know what better circumstance to be in uh, than them right now with how they've been playing. I love how they beat the Heat and the Bucks in Week Nine. Not not just because they beat the Heat and the Bucks, you know, two wins as I two wins as I said are are, are the way to go. But those are big time games, right? The Heat. You know, still sort of clawing at that playoff hope. The Bucks very much at that point, you know, probably with an inside track to make the playoffs. Um, but the Nets stepped up, won two very big games at the right time. Not every team does that. Well, I was just about to bring that up because you were talking about Josiah. The Bucks have a lot of really good tiebreakers. They've beaten a lot of teams. They lost to the Nets. Yes, so yes, they did. Even even if the Bucks go win their final game go nine and seven um and they're tied with the nets they're not getting in so that's a big one right there it's a big one right there exactly and you know the the our playoff model was very very high on the bucks um you know early on because they had a lot of good tiebreakers and they had you know some big wins that gave them a, a boost in point differential you know the nets the nets are are very very even uh, in terms of point differential, pretty much. But, you know, it's about wins, first and foremost. And if you can't pick those up, then your tiebreakers and your point differentials aren't going to come in as handy. Yeah. Our our odds have the Nets at 42%, which feels low to me. Because they're still 7-5, and five, right? If they were 8-5. Yeah, five, they are. If they were 8-5, and five, you know, there'd be higher odds. But they're the first team on the outside right now. It it also takes into account that the Pacers are eight and four and the Mavs are eleven and four right now. Yeah, I'd assume. Yeah, yeah, sure. definitely. Which and more, probably lowers them a lot. And more games to be played usually doesn't favor your odds as much as you know three games to be played. So, um, yeah. but yeah, no, I I wanted to use uh, hit on the uh, Bucks a little bit as far as tiebreakers. I, I you know I kind of wanted to bring them up. They were they were my team to. Um, to, you know, we spoke on uh, our last pod that you know we figured there'd be two teams that could squeak in because we were kind of shooing in the the Seventy Sixers and Pacers, and it's kind of turned into a point where uh, you know Pacers and Seventy Sixers are still going to have to win some games to get in, but still, um, Bucks they they were disappointing in Week Ten. They they lost that game to Cavs Legion, which you, you know going into that uh, week they had two two games that you would want to consider must win when you're fighting a, uh, for a playoff spot uh, they played Cavs Legion and Jazz Gaming. They split those games. Uh, and I mean, it's kind of thrown a, a rock in their whole, um, uh, playoff plans. Uh, now they only have one game left. They go into week 11 with a bye, and then they played Knicks gaming in week 12, but it seems as if they're going to have to start rooting for some of these lower tier teams. Because, um, if you look at, some of the other bubbles teams uh, schedule this week, you know, we spoke on the Nets who play Grizz Gaming, Wizards District, both games, you know, that we would expect Nets to win, uh, both games that you would expect the Bucks 
to be rooting for Grizz and Wizards in just because um, that throw a wrench in in, uh, in the Nets plans because if they were to say they were to drop both of those games, that would also take the Nets to seven losses as well. Um, then you have like the Magic who play Celtics gaming and Grizz gaming. Um, not the easiest sled of games, uh, you know, that Celtics versus Magic is going to be like a, a battle between bubble teams, but uh, also the Grizz gaming game uh, game is going to be crucial for the Bucks' chances. It just seems like um, the Bucks are the team that screwed up their opportunity to, to you know, take matters into their own hands. It seems as if um, they just play the waiting game now and hope there's some upsets. Now, 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 Will, I, let me let me give you a little pop quiz. Will, <laughs> why me? Why just me? Will, who is who is the twelfth leading scorer in the league according to the league database? The twelfth leading scorer. Correct, Plondo with seventeen point four points per game. Now, now, Len, I got a little pop quiz for you. Who is the <laughs> who is the number three scorer in the league according to the league database in points per game? Yes, that would be A. Rooks at 20.1 points per game. Now, for the floor, who is the number five scorer Big in the entire league? Ding, ding, ding. Will wins the game, and the Bucks do not, because the Bucks are sitting the fifth leading scorer in the league. Will, I know you have thoughts on this. Let's hear them. Free Big Meek. Hashtag free Big Meek. Let's get it trending. Um, I, look, I... Plondo is very good on the post score. There, there's absolutely no denying that. Plondo is just a great player. He's a great big man. He has a bunch of moves in his arsenal. Um, the thing is, Big Meek is the best, since we had an argument about this, Big Meek is the best shooting big man in the league, um, without a doubt, in my mind. Uh, the guy is just automatic from three-point range. And a guy who is purely a spot-up shooter being top five in the league in points um, should tell you a lot about how important his spacing and his shooting was to this team. And the Bucks were a better team when Big Meek was in the lineup. And I know, you know, teams have wanted to ride this post-scorer wave. And, and like I said, Plondo has looked really good on the post-scorer. Put in Big Meek. Plondo is also very good at center, Josiah and Len, as as we all know, one of a, a very high high IQ defender and and a guy who does a lot of um, those little things at center that help your team win. Put him at center. Put Big Meek back in. I, I like. I don't know why Big Meek was ever benched in the first place. Well, this, this team. Is... This go ahead, Len. Because well, I'm, I'm yeah, building because, up here. Yeah, because this is me too. Because it, it's starting to make my bl- blood boil as well. You brought up that he is in top five as a stretch big who just sits in the corner all day. What does that say about their offense? That means that there's other threats on the court that can make you know something happen on offense. So it made no sense. It's so unnecessary that they implemented the post score. Plondo was still you know a key factor in that offense on the glass cleaner. You couldn't even really tell he was on the glass cleaner. Uh, he was, you know, one of the better passing bigs on that build. He, you know, he was scoring well on that build. It just made no sense that they switch off that. Same with uh, a Rooks as well. You know, he was top three and scoring, uh, 
Um, for I don't know where he stands right now, but I know at least up until the turn, he was top three in scoring as well until they tried this whole new lineup. But it just makes no sense to me. I think they overthought their um, point guard issues. Uh, yeah, granted, all the other teams really have point guards who could step up and win games and take over games, but the formula was working. They were one, you know, they were one of the better teams in the league when they stuck to the stuck to what was working with Plondo at center, who you know really solidified himself as one of the best centers in the league. Uh, you could maybe even make a make a case that he was the best center in the league. Um, and then A. Rooks, who's one of the best scorers in the league. I mean, just because Chatty and 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 Slay couldn't figure out the point guard position, I don't think it was it, it was reason enough to blow up. Uh, the the you know the key contributors to 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 your offense uh, you know it, there was nothing about big meek being in the, you know they weren't losing games cuz big meek was in the lineup it just didn't you know there's nothing that points to that um and they haven't been winning games not that they've taken him out and implemented a post score it doesn't make sense to me at all this team this bucks team was drafted around plondo and a rooks. They knew Plondo was would be there for the taking at six. They took him at six. You know, to the shock and awe of many, they were right to take him at six. In my opinion, his passing was so instrumental to the identity they built up during the first half of the season. Another crucial part of that identity was A rooks's scoring. There's a reason he's he's you know top. Basically, he's, he's in the top three in the league in scoring. There's a reason he single-handedly had the best performance I've ever seen in the NBA 2K League, scoring 41 points in that crazy Week 1 game. They're the only team still to beat the Blazers, and that was because of otherworldly performances from A-Rooks. You draft RSG, who's known as a post-scorer. You know, he's typecast as a post-scorer. You draft him in the fourth round. You put him into the lineup. And you're playing him at center. You've got Plondo on the post-score. You've got a backcourt, which probably is the lowest-scoring backcourt in the entire league. Right? Point guard, Chatty Nick, shooting guard, Slay on. It's not to say that they're bad players. Their system is not designed to get your scoring from the backcourt. The system is designed to score... With Aarooks on the fast break, with Aarooks creating for himself offensively, with Plondo facilitating, doing the dirty work down low, scoring points here and there. That's the identity you built up. Why? Why do? You, why? Why do you take? Why do you do silly things <laughs> and take out the fifth leading scorer in the league, the best sharpshooting big man in the league, one of the best shooters in the entire league? Guy who is doing great things for you, you change the entire setup of the team. You change the team's entire identity at a time when it's most crucial. I understand that the post scorer is an important archetype, and it's an effective archetype for the most part. It's not a guaranteed game winner. Why do you change things up? Why is A-Rooks getting eight shots a game in these last two games, the two most important games of your season where you're going one-and-one when you really can't afford to go one-and-one? Identity and integrity is everything. It's everything. Yes. Walnut is not going on the damn post score. He's not going on the damn post score. 
You know why? Because the Blazers have an identity and an integrity to which they stick, and they are good. They're the best team in the regular season. They are 14-1, and and they're not doing anything so different from last year. And yet they're still the best regular season team in the league, in league history. They're 26-3 and in the regular season. And that's not because they make the switch to the damn post score. I mean, you, yeah. I mean, if any team were to have come into this season overthinking anything, wouldn't, wouldn't you imagine it's the Blazers who lost, you know, arguably the best piece that anyone could lose to expansion draft this year? I mean, it just doesn't make sense. Like, like you said, it, you have to have an identity and you have to stick to that. There, you see the teams that, you know, understand that what's, what's not working now, uh, if they could just figure a couple things out and stick to what they know, they end up figuring it out. Look at, you know, teams like Kingsguard Gaming, who didn't look the best at the beginning of the year, but they knew what they needed to stick to. Then you have teams who it was working out, but maybe they overthought a little bit that, hey, we can't you know, we don't believe that we're, we could win the championship if we, if we, you know, if we kept this line, lineup consistent. Bucks seem to be a team that did that, where it's like, okay, we're winning games, but, you know, once it gets to the time where we're having to win tournaments and having to win best of three series, uh, are we going to be able to do that? We don't believe that, so let's just blow all of this up and hope we can figure something else out. It just, yeah, it, it is upsetting. Speaking of whom the Blazers lost in the expansion draft, um, another another post-scoring icon, really the post-scoring icon, because he was the first guy to do it all year, pretty much. That boy shots. Now, with shots on the post-score, the Hawks were good. The Hawks, the Hawks, if you remember, beat the Warriors. They beat the Warriors with shots. Right. Well, that was like, the peak. That was the peak. After that, it's th- been. Straight. That was the peak. Yeah. That was the peak. The the Hawks were four and three at one point. The Hawks are now four and eight. I can't remember the last time they brought out the post score, like, like, like I I I, I understand. I, and the look, the Bucks. The Bucks still have talented players. Right. They're they're still you know a solid team. They're still eight and seven. They might still make the playoffs. They're a good team. I I just don't understand this. Com- there, there's this compulsive need to find what seems to be the meta among teams, right? Everyone's looking for the meta. And sometimes teams just aren't content enough to stick with their meta. And that's what's important. You have to find your meta, not how you best fit into the league's meta. Right? There's a reason not everyone could run the shots slasher last year. There's there's a reason that only a few teams had stellar shot slashers on which their entire offense depended. The post scorer is not the end all be all and reshaping a fairly successful identity to accommodate a post scorer is not the way to go. Identity and integrity. Shout out Francis. Shout out Francis. Why? What Francis? Francis knows. Francis has been talking to me about identity and integrity. Francis is aware of the conundrum. Francis is a smart guy. Francis is a smart guy. You know what? uh, When way back um, last January, before the first season started, I uh, talked to Famous for 
an article I was doing on Five Out. And one of the things he told me was it's a copycat community. Um, and we're seeing now that this absolutely does not uh, only apply to Pro-Am, it's applying to the league now, where you see another team using that post score or you see another team using that shot creating slasher and they're having success with it. And you're like, hey, I got to do that too. I can w- imagine my team using that post score, or that shot creating slasher. Um, will be unstoppable, and not everyone can do it. And it, you like, it, you're you're absolutely like you you absolutely nailed it, perfectly encapsulated it, Josiah. Where everyone is trying to find the meta, where that you know chasing the meta, it's it's like a vicious cycle, you know, because once you've chased what the meta is now, then you're going to be chasing what the meta is going to be in two weeks. And that just messes up every little uh, bit of consistency that you're trying to build and messes up your identity and your integrity. And like it, it's um, and we've seen so many teams now fall into that kind of trap in just two seasons. Look, and yeah, go ahead. I, go I ahead. just I just I, I'm still cooling down. I'm still in the cooling down process. Like, <laughs> I got I to gotta get out more. The Pacers, the Pacers made the switch to the post scorer as well. The Pacers, though, did it because they had a serious problem that they had to address. Namely, they did not really have a point guard in an offense where they felt they needed a point guard. Right? They they took the extreme of you know combating that by moving Swizzard there, and they got Ramo onto the post scorer because you know what, Ramo is actually kind of good. And so putting him on the post score is a good idea. Plondo's all yes, Plondo's also really good. But right, Swizzard, you know, having Swizzard at point guard is a much better backup option for a team running a post scorer as their primary option, right? Now back back to the Bucks. Right? I floated the idea, I think, two two weeks ago now in, in our last podcast. You know, what if you put Big Meek at point guard? On the shot, let's shot stop. Shooter. Let's stop. That's it, it. No, it's crazy. It's crazy. I'm it's crazy. all for it. Even though Will is all for it, which means it's crazy. But here's my point. <laughs> here's my point. A Rooks averages about 14 shot attempts per game, right? And he's hitting about seven and a half, right? Just compare that to the eight field goal attempts per game from each of their last two games last week. You know where they went an unacceptable one and one, right? That is indicative of an overcorrection and a problem. But teams need to use their best player. Agree. Rooks is their best scorer, and if you don't enable him to be that, that is a problem. Agreed. But I, I, I feel like that kind of got sidetracked. I want to address that Big Meek should be on the, you know, shot sharp point guard. It's it's different playing hash. It's different. Like we saw it with the Raptors where OTS oh, Josh, but he's he's the most efficient corner shooter on the lockdown build, so let's throw him on pure sharp because we know since he could shoot in the corner that he's going to be able to shoot at the top and they did it and he couldn't do anything. So it's it's definitely a different ball game up top. Uh and it's not to say that corner shooting um is easy or you know that big meek's job is easy he's he's really maximizing that role but 
it, but let's not get it confused. That it, it is an entirely different role to play at the top and have to make decisions uh, for your teammates as well in that role. Well, how many decisions would you have to make in the Bucks system? Because Arux is still the primary ball handler. I mean, with Plano being on the post score now, the ball is in his hands the most. How many decisions are you actually having to make? You're not running the offense. You don't need to find teammates. You're still, you know, just get open and, and shoot the damn ball. It, I like could. Uh, it, it's what know, the Heat did. It's what the Heat tried yeah. to do in the ticket, sort of. You know, they put they put Ching Sing in, in there. Yeah, but Ching was Sing, he was throwing yeah. up two shots a game though. He wasn't doing much. Okay, okay. and you know what? Maybe maybe Ching Sing crazy, didn't come into but... the game averaging eighteen point eight points per game. I, I'm telling you, it's just it's 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 easier said than done. Can can That's you for tell sure. me? That's for sure. Can you tell me, Len, that you with one hundred percent confidence can say that? Big Meek would not do more than Chatty Nick is doing right now. Um, I I can't say. I, I it's a, it's an entirely from firsthand experience. It's a it's an entirely different ball game playing up top. It is. Um, and I I'm know. not doubting. I'm not doubting Big Meek can do it. But I'm just saying. I, I'm only playing devil devil's advocate in the sense of he shoots so well in the corner. So let's move him up top because he'll be able to shoot just as well there. I'm 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 neglecting that. That's that's all I'm saying. I mean, you know what? Isn't there a pure sharp archetype at the point guard? Throw him on that. Yeah. Don't don't even don't even tempt him with, with you know trying to pass the ball. You you get that ball in your hand, you shoot it. It could work, I think. I I also wanted to talk about because um, we were talking. You know, I I talked a bit a little bit about overthinking lineups. Um, yeah, oh, I I lost my point. Um, I'll, I'll I'll cover it for you. I think, um, but but even it, it's not even a question of replacing Chatty Nick. Like, you know, you could do that. You could you could definitely do that. But you know, RSG since since the ticket has scored four points three times and two points once. Well, they're not using like he's he's do, he's doing more than that. I'm, I, I have it's part. It's the first step in a point. He's doing more than that. He's doing much more than that, certainly. But in terms of optimizing your resources, right? I think the meta for them had has to be, again, this is my opinion. Like the meta for them would have to be Plondo back to center, A Rooks at the three. You know, if if we're in this crazy, ridiculous scenario where Big Me goes to the one, then you know you try and do a Celtics like thing. You try and do a Celtics like thing where Chatty Nick goes to the four. Right, and they put Bully at the four. Did the Celtics, and you know they've stabilized. Bully hasn't been the best four in the league. There, no, I don't think anyone would make that argument. Um, you know, but they've stabilized. They've put the ball in the hands of their best players, and that does a good job of making a, a power forward slit switch. You know, doable and less important. Yeah. So, so I finally remembered my point. So um, you guys brought up the, you know, how uh, Will brought up how he spoke to Famous and it's a copycat league. Uh, there's one specific trend that seems to be happening in both seasons. And it's it seems to be that the teams that don't have a ball handler resort to putting their best player overall on a 
sort of exploited build and just hoping that the offense can sort of materialize uh, after that. We saw last year where the Heat did it when they were running five out, where we saw the Wizards did it with Boo Painter running five out. Uh, then this year we're seeing it with uh, shots on the post score and now Ramo on the post score, hot shot on the post score. Uh, and I think that that's... That's more the question uh, that I think uh, more and more teams should be asking themselves going into next year is putting a, a huge, huge, huge priority on finding a ball handler because it seems to be, you know, te- the teams trying to find value later in the draft at, at ball handler and it never really materializes. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if the trend next year is just strictly ball handler heavy in the early rounds because they're needed they're they're evidently needed um so yeah i mean that's my biggest thing though talking about the copycat league that seems to be the biggest trend is that you know oh we don't have a point guard so let's throw our best player on exploited build and hope it works out sometimes it works out like it's worked out for the pacers like it worked out for the hawks for a little while like it worked out for the heat and the ticket and sometimes it doesn't like we're seeing with the bucks now um so yeah well, that's easier said than done. Yeah, I think it's like it could be like quarterback in the NFL where there are not 32 good NFL level quarterbacks in the entire world. You're always going to have bad quarterbacks. We could have a situation in this league where you're never going to have um, one like good NBA 2K league level point guard on every team. And so what do some teams in the NFL do? Well, you maybe you build around, um, you can build around your running back or even think about like the Bears with Rex Grossman just had a fantastic defense that they rode all the way to a Super Bowl appearance. Um, so that's kind of like what it is when you're when you're putting players on a shot creating slash or you're putting a, them on a post score. And yeah, like finding a good point guard is the easiest solution to to you know um uh having a consistently good team across multiple seasons a guy you can build around um the top teams in the league usually have players like that blazer five they've lost three regular season games ever they have the best point guard in the world right now best player in the world right now who who, by the way went late second round last year Yes. 10, 10 or 11 well, point guards picked before him. Yeah, he uh, he he switched. He he switched to point guard for the combine. So I, I think that yeah, so that must have. So did Timely Cook. Yeah, and yes. Majestic. Also, also, I'm pretty sure the Bears turned the ball over six times in that Super Bowl, but uh, I like the analogy. <laughs> yeah. I, well, that was my point. I mean, if, I'm assuming a lot of those were Rex Grossman's fault. Yeah, that's what I'm assuming too. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then they did lose to a superior quarterback at the end of yes, it. So. They did. Yes, they yeah. Yes, they did. Yeah, that was my point. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Sometimes you're just forced to build around other things because not everyone can have a good quarterback. Not everyone can have a good point guard. And you know, we'll, we'll see as more talent gets in. We'll see as more talent gets in. You know, whether there truly are like you know, thirty plus point guards who can play at a high level. Um, but right now, we don't even have 21 yep. in the league right now. Indeed. So, the, Indeed. 
What I'll say to that point is I'd like to see it acknowledged earlier on in the season. I don't want to get to the ticket and it's finally like, okay, we traded for a guy. He also can't play point guard. So now let's do it. I I think that's my point. Wow. I think that's a fair point. Thinking of anyone in particular there? (laughs) If the shoe shoe fits, but I mean, I. It's just, it just seems I, like a, I agree it, with it seems like a similar point. trend last year that seemed you know let's try this let's try this let's try this okay now nothing works so now let's do this you know and it ended up working out pretty good then this year let's try this let's try this let's try this nothing works so let's try this and it ended up being a little bit too late I just would like to see it acknowledged a little bit sooner and it's not just for the heat it's also you know for uh, the Pacers even coming into this year they really really tried to make it. Uh, make it work with a, a conventional offense. And it's just not going to, you know, I, I'd like to see more teams, you know, get ahead of the curve. Like even we saw the Hawks do Hawks, you know, lost at the tip off, uh, maybe went a couple weeks with, without the post score. And they said, okay, this is just not going to work out. We don't have a po- We don't have a point guard. Let's, let's figure it out. ASAP. They ended up overthinking it a little bit too much. They ended up trading for another point guard who they thought would be able to work out in a traditional offense. And it didn't, but, you know, I think, yeah, I'd agree with Will if they could take the Rex Grossman approach uh, uh, where it's like, okay, yeah, we understand at the beginning of the year we don't have a point guard, so let's kind of, you know, maneuver around this uh, in a proactive manner rather than waiting till it's too late or rather than waiting till there's a patch or whatever there is. Moral of the story, every team should draft a star kick returner. <laughs> well, that, that's, the, that's the flip side of identity and integrity, right? So we're sitting here talking about, like, you know, stick with what works. Well, if a team is winning or it feels like they're close to winning without that good point guard, you know, it, it could be, you know, there's the like, maybe we'll hit a breakthrough at some point. And then sometimes it just it just doesn't happen. Um, and and that's the tricky part of all this is trying to acknowledge the best parts of everything and what can be improved Um, because switching your primary ball handler is a very, very big change to your offense and in your entire system and how your team operates. So that's the flip side of all of that. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. I just all for proactivity, man. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. A big, a big part of identity is knowing when you have it. Yeah. You got to realize who you are, and and sometimes it takes time, and 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 sometimes sometimes you you do too much thinking, uh, and sometimes you don't do enough thinking. But yeah. but when something works, if you realize that it works, then it's not worth changing. Well, yeah, and I mean, like we're we're sitting here talking about the Bucks, um, you know, don't change the system that has where you take out a top five score in the league, in my opinion. It, look, it's not like they were 8-0 with that lineup or whatever. Right. You know, they, were, yeah. they were a middling team, but you know they had some big wins. They really had some big wins. They lost a head-scratcher to the Pistons. Um, that hurts. That hurts. That really hurts right about now. That's a real head-scratcher. Um, but, I mean... The season, the season is just a story of of what ifs and question marks, and you know what could have been. You know, a couple months ago, we were talking about the Styles trade to the Hawks being, oh, this is perfect. This makes all the sense in the world for them, and you know they're they're on a they're on a five game losing streak. 
and uh, yeah, yeah, they, they put him at they put him at lock one game, which which I don't think anyone ever really saw coming. So, you know, it, it's just a, a series of of what what could have been, and you know, the one one team that really has more what could have been than pretty much any other team, like the T Wolves. The T Wolves are seven and six now. They started the year one and three. Coach was dismissed. Traded Hood, this guy they traded for at the expansion draft last year, and all of a sudden they're seven and six somehow. So, you know they they have an outside shot at the playoffs. They're they're gonna need to beat the Blazers uh, to have a real shot, and we'll see how that goes. But it's tough. It's really tough. I mean, it is tough. But like, okay, so I'm looking now at the teams that have clinched, and the teams you know like Kingsguard, who's like ninety nine percent gonna get it. The, so we have Warriors Gaming, Blazer 5 Gaming, Mavs Gaming, Kingsguard Gaming. Those are four teams that we haven't seen any change in the lineup from outside of Rux bre- breaking his hand. Uh, you know, Kingsguard since week two has had the same lineup. Uh, Blazer 5 all year has had the same lineup. Warriors Gaming all year has had the same lineup. Uh, and it just seems like that's the way to go about it. And I, I get it. If you didn't draft well, okay, you have to hold, you have to hold that part of it a- accountable. But, I mean, if you really believe in your scouting and really believe in your drafting, that, you know, we shouldn't be overthinking all year. We shouldn't be, it shouldn't get to a point where it's like, okay, since this guy can't play point guard, let's try this guy at point guard. Since this guy can't play lock, let's try this guy at lock. Th- th- those teams that seem to be experiencing those week-to-week changes are also the teams that we find here at the bubble or find, you know, at the top of the draft next year because it, it, they just can't figure out what's working. It's it's funny because the Blazers, you know, have, have had, you know, a couple lineup changes, more so, more so than last year. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because their three-person core is so, so solid and so crucial to all us all aspects of what they do that, you know, at this point they can just put in Joe Mar instead of peroxide, you know, for whom they traded a first round pick. Like that's fine. You know, Joe Mar, you know, got them a game winning basket and that's fine. They can do stuff like that because they're not changing anything important. They, the guys are, the guys change, swipping, the guys swapping in and out are doing the same thing, right? The game plan is the same. Their jobs are the yeah. same. They all know what their roles are. And Mama, Lavish, and Walnut are still the big three, you know, taking care of business. Yeah, and and it's not like Peroxide was, like, so crucial to the way Blazer 5 operated. No, not at all. And on on top of that, you're not switching everyone around from their positions and, and moving people to entirely new roles. So, yeah, Blazer 5 can do that, where they can just slot in Jomar, hey, you're going to be doing what Peroxide has been doing all season. Everyone else is going to be doing what everyone else has get, has been doing all season. So that's why that works. Yeah. yeah, it's not like you're changing the rim sharp to the post score. Like, those are night and day changes, uh, you know, so. Yeah. Right, they're, they're keeping their identity the exact same. Yeah. And it, it's a phenomenal place to be, you know, no matter your tournament record, no matter what happened last year, when you can say, you know what? We traded a first-round pick for a guy who's sitting on our bench, and it just doesn't matter you know, to to take yeah. to take a line from Bill Murray and and Meatball. Well, it just doesn't matter because yeah. they're so good. Well, because the thing, even with like Mavs Gaming, 
had anyone else broke their hand on that team, this team, you know, it's hard to imagine this team is not in shambles. But, it, you know, Rux and Grant seem to be, you know, similar roles on that team. If, if you were to, you know, even before Rux got hurt, if you were to think of any change that, the, that you know, that lineup could see without, you know, there being a, a drastic uh, change, it would be Grant and Rux. So, uh, but regardless, yeah, they, they know their identity as well. The, the, you know, they know who's their point guard. They know who's the sharp. They know who's the lock. They know who's the center. And uh, they work around that. Yeah, they, you got to give the Mavs a ton of credit. You know, they, they got rocked in the very first game of the year. They got destroyed by the Raptors. Um, and they stuck to their guns. And, you know, they've got an amazing... Mo looked terrible. Mo looked terrible. Mo looked, and Mo, then Mo, they stuck with him. Mo, they told him to keep shooting. Yep, Mo, he did. Mo was sitting in the corner with his, you know, hands on his head. And he had the you know, perseverance and the willpower to stick through. And he's turned into a hugely important part of their team. Yeah. They, they realized that they were going to win. Mo, Mo was going to be the guy right? at small and forward. They, they, and they stuck they with stuck it. They stuck with it. They stuck to their guns. They did no, they made no lineup changes pretty much. You know, they drafted well. They found their identity. They stuck to it. And you got to tip your cap to them after you know, it, it's a 180 degree change from last season. And that's another thing about, you're talking about the, you know, the, the putting in Grant, you know, that's another credit to just how good that draft was by the Mavs. Grant's a very versatile player, right? You could slot him into three different positions and maybe it won't be entirely the same, but you're not going to, you're not going to miss too many beats uh, slotting a guy like that in. So it all works out. Yeah, I, I had a second-round grade on him for the most part. Uh, it, for this year's draft, he was arguably the best shooter in the entire league last year um, with the Blazers. He was money. He was money, and uh, you know. Well, and then he played yeah. center all off-season too. So right, yeah. No, yeah. I didn't, they got him in the fourth round, and you know, yeah. they're just doing a great job. Well, it's uh, who else we need to talk about here? <laughs> We've been going through them. Let's talk about, okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, 76ers. yeah, I was about to say, um, yeah, let's talk about the 76ers now here. They're, they're sitting at eight and five. We have them at 73% in our playoff odds. Uh, they don't have the toughest schedule coming up, but they had a crucial loss last week. Um, they lost to Grizz Gaming 52 to 49. And uh, if they didn't have a historic night, from Radiant getting team takeover. They were really struggling against Hawks Talon as well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, so they have this, this you know, th- three-game stretch where they play Wizards, DG, Pacers Gaming, and Cavs Legion. Again, we get to a point where it's like we don't know how Wizards are going to play. We're not sure how the Cavs are going to play, uh, albeit we do believe, you know, everyone's giving 110%, specifically Warriors Gaming. Uh, but then they play Pacers gaming as well, who's also another bubble team. So, uh, I, you know, it's hard to bet against the 76ers, but it's just getting to a point where sometimes, man, 
they just look 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 so lethargic out there. Uh, you know, the the energy doesn't seem up. Uh, but I mean, they have the talent. They've shown that they have games where ZDS can literally, you know, take over a game by himself. Radiant can literally take over a game by himself. Breadwinner can literally take over a game by himself. But you know, th that Grizz Gaming loss really was a hit because had they win that game, they're they're sitting here at nine and four right now, uh, pretty much a shoe into the playoffs. Uh, but now we're here. Now we're sitting here with some uh, must-win scenarios. So. Uh, we'll we'll see how they look. Yeah, that that loss to the Grizz, um, that hurts a lot. Uh, and just, like you said, you know, sometimes they just look lethargic. And you know, we were talking about last podcast. We like we kind of just shooed them into the playoffs when they were sitting at seven and four. Um, I I don't think that I think the Celtics at this point have a better shot than the 76ers at getting into the playoffs. Um, and the, uh, the odds that we have support yeah, that as well. That, yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, the 76ers, they're, they're above the magic and the nets, but they're be, they're behind the Celtics uh, by almost 10% and behind the Pacers as well, obviously. Yeah. So, well, I mean, the Celtics hit the Lakers. Yes. Yes. Which is, why I picked them to make the playoffs, if you'll remember. I also picked um, them to make the playoffs, if you'll remember. You, I also did you as did. well, if you Wait, remember. did you? I also did I, as well. I picked the Celtics and the Magic. Even though they play each other, you picked both Even of them? Even though they play each other, I picked both of them. I feel like that's just a terrible They, they were the unanimous selection for all three of us. How do you pick both the Celtics and the Magic? And which two teams? Which, which of our three predictions is uh, looking looking best right now? I mean, the Celtics and the Magic. You think? You think so? Yes. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. I, I guess it's a toss up uh, between the Magic if, and the If Nets. the I mean, all it takes is one Celtics win over the Magic, or even yeah. If the, yeah, but the, the Magic are the Magic. Five. So I think the Magic They'd go ten and six. six. Yeah, I think the Magic go ten and six. Uh, they do have Grizz and Wizards left on their schedule, so. Sometimes I know what I'm talking about, folks. Uh, I d really I don't. You know, we'll we'll see. We'll see. It, it's not it's not guaranteed yet. It's not guaranteed yet. Nothing is guaranteed. And like the 76ers making the playoffs, yeah. Which is crazy to think about because, um, you know, before this season, I felt like anything could happen. Um, but like like literally the one thing I was certain about was that the 76ers were going to be really, really good. Yeah. And now we're sitting here two weeks left of the season, unsure if they're going to make the playoffs or not. I think they'll make the playoffs. To be fair, they did look really, really good. Well, okay. So if you think they'll make the playoffs, Josiah, who gets left out then? The Nets. The Nets. Yeah. Am I miscounting how many teams? Yeah. Hold on. All the eight and five yeah, teams. Probably, all yeah. the eight and five teams are are in the playoffs if the season ended today. Okay. The Nets, the Nets are the right. team on the outside looking in. Yeah, right. you're right. And I, you okay. know, I'm more confident about the 76ers than I am about the Pacers. Really? Yeah. I mean, they have an easier schedule by far. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I I think you know you look at the 76ers, you say, all right, they should win. At least two of three, and you know they could they could beat the Pacers. You know they have at least a fifty percent chance to win that game. 
Though, though, admittedly, the Pacers beat them in the ticket, but um, you know how often is is Jeff Terrell going to let Rainbow go off for forty three or whatever? Um, yeah. My thing with the Sixers is, man, they've really shown when they need to win, they do win. Though, like even that Hawks Talon game where it looked like they just didn't want to be at the studio that week, and Radiant gets team takeover. Like I don't know, it's just like when their backs against the walls, they they figure something out. So, uh, if anything, they have proven that. Yeah. Well, I, I yeah. The more I look at this, the more I'm pretty convinced that they will get in. So maybe it's not as as much of a, a of a question as I thought it was. If they don't, one team from the playoffs last year made it. Is that true? Yeah. Oh, wow. Seventy Sixers is the last hope for season one uh, consistency. Oh yeah, yeah. Dang, I didn't realize that. What happened to everyone else, man? Jeez. <laughs> identity some and days. integrity. <laughs> identity and integrity. Some some yeah. seasons you're the windshield. Some seasons you're the bug. Or the hornet. Yeah. Ooh. Do, oh. Do hornets have venom? I looked it up. They yes, do. I, they I googled it. <laughs> I googled it. They do. All right, they perfect. Have, I was wondering they that have like too. Like point five percent venom or something like that. All right, excellent, excellent, excellent. I did indeed Google. That. I like that name for the record. I, I like the name. I do. I I love it. I think it's great. Yeah, and I think they have a lot of cool jersey potential. You know, they could. Oh, oh like their the their purple. colors like are so good. They're phenomenal. Like yeah. I mean, you, yeah. You do so Charlotte's colors that. are awesome. I love the the Golden Knights esque V too. That's really cool. Like the, the V and the logo, that's really cool. I think you just triggered Will with a Golden Knights reference. They beat Stanley us! Cup like, champs. come on, jeez, man. Can't even Will, get a reference. Will. Can't even get one single reference in. Jeez. Will is busy gloating over the Wizard signing Isaiah Thomas. So no, you can't. Yeah. Yeah. Hachi season, man. Hachi. Can, can we can we not talk about the Wizards? No, well, you're happy I mean, with the moves you've been yeah, making. Yeah, let's not let's not let's not talk about basketball. Why don't Why don't we talk about um, <laughs> the Clippers signing two superstar forwards? Your 2019 NBA champions, the Toronto Raptors. Kawhi Leonard. Who are leaves. Who are your 2019 NBA 2K League champions? I mean, I picked the Celtics before before it all, so I'm going to stick to it. Fat, fat. I picked the 76ers. I don't, I don't know if I can stick to that. Although they've they won the tip off, they made the finals of the turn. I don't know. Man, the Jazz, you, the Jazz should be in the playoffs. They should. Jazz have we've talked. Jazz about have that. a lot of talent. Oh, we did. All right, yeah. Super yeah. fan, super, we talked about super the... fan Will is really upset about that. Yeah, super fan Will really wanted the Jazz in there for sure. I don't know why <laughs> you guys just make things up. Yeah, we just we just try and paint an accurate picture of reality. Oh man, I can dig up the tweets of me right <laughs> after the lottery, saying the Jazz have to make the playoffs. After getting, after having the first and third overall picks, please do. And now an extra first round pick. Yeah, I, I can, I can, I can bring that tweet yeah, up. You should, for sure. You should. I will. I'll show it to you after. T 
teams always need more bulletin board material. So <laughs> It's very oh, difficult, man. very difficult to annoy teams and players. So, you know. Oh, yeah. You got to try very hard. The thickest, they have the thickest skin. Well, I was, I was um, going to say, I'm, I'm interested to see who's been keeping track if we've been keeping the same energy from the beginning of the year. Uh, there's, you know, I don't know. I don't know how many players exactly listen to us. I know Nate Call listens to us. Shout yeah, out Nate. to Shout Nate. Shout out Nate Call. Shout out Nate Call. Um, I don't know. I picked your team to make it, so shout out. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. What do, what do you mean but, you picked your team to make it? He's talking to Nate. Uh, talking, talking to Nate. Okay, yeah, all right. You're talking Nate, to Nate. Nate is on. Let me explain. Nate Call is on Nets GC. Oh, thank you. I, I, who I am on. To make the I am on Team Nate. So you could have been talking to me. Okay. All right. <laughs> so uh, we were talking about the 76ers. I don't know what happened. Um, I, I think uh, I think we all are pretty confident then in them making it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, two teams. Your two teams, Josiah, Celtics and Magic. Those are the two. That's the big one this that's week. That's the big one. That's the biggest game that's of the season. It it definitely. You is. think so? Um, yeah. I I, yeah. I, said, I I think it's what else is bigger? Pacers Nets. I st- I still think that's a bigger matchup. Uh, All right, well, when we get to Pacers-Nets, and that matters, we'll talk. But for now, the biggest game of the season is Celtics-Magic. But both can still get in with a loss. Like, I feel like Pacers-Nets, whoever loses that game is not getting in. Really? Depends what the Nets do this week. The Pacers could could still go 11-5 and if they lose that game. But they they also play 76ers uh, and... I mean, we we don't we, we don't know anything about what the Pacers and Nets is going to look like. I in a week I have now. a feeling. I have they, a feeling it's going to be Both those important. teams have four games left. Exactly. Left. Four games. There's so a lot there's, to be yeah, determined. So there's a significant chance yeah, but that, of there being No, but that means one game is less important. That means one single game is less important. Is there are more yeah. games that are important? There's still a lot to be determined there. Well, it's, it's like, right I now, digress, but I am it's, it's to been, it. it's been like what thirty we weeks since. We last saw a game. That's how long this bye week has felt. Let's it's, let's it's get through week forever. eleven first. Yeah. The reason I just say it. The reason I just say that is because Magic also played Grizz Gaming, Wizards Gaming, besides Celtics Gaming. I think that those two teams, regardless of a result in that specific game, still both have a very good shot of making the playoffs. But you'll see. We'll we'll see when we get to week twelve. Yeah, we'll see. If. If if Nets Pacers ends up being the most important game the NBA 2K League has ever seen, then we'll let you know, Len. Okay, we we will we will give it's, you your yeah, credit. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah, I never get my credit. Never. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> my fifty-seven percent credit. Oh my god! Shall I keep going? That was a terrible. Uh, it was terrible, uh, right? It was correct. Gonna... Just because it's correct doesn't mean it's a good. <laughs> it was a actually, amazing actually, I prediction. Was, I think it was one hundred percent. It yeah, it went from fifty-seven to hundred percent. So you, you so, just so you were off by a large number of percent. No, no, we were talking at the beginning of the series. I gave them a more than fifty percent chance to win, and it just so happened they won. So I'm just you know, it just I'm just so saying, happened just they a, won. I. 
We were also so saying like Kevin Durant wasn't gonna play. I mean, he didn't yeah. really. He played a half a game or whatever. <laughs> he got re-injured, and the Raptors got lucky. That okay, hey, the Raptors oh, wow. not get lucky. The Raptors. Wow. Clay Thompson that's died. What Kevin that's Durant what died. Clay Thompson died. What is and this? The Raptors. Due to the due to the what did I say? No such thing as luck. Lack no of such lack of wing luck. depth, baby. Quote it. Print it. Lack of wing depth. Lack of yeah. When two starters go down, of course you have a lack of wing depth. Hey, what are you talking I just, about? I just call it how I see it. No team can lose their starting shooting guard and small forward, and you can say, "Oh, well, they have good wing depth still." I just call it. That never I just happens. Call it how I see that it. doesn't exist. I just call it how I see it, man. That doesn't exist as a concept. Who's winning this this Celtics Magic game? Celtics. Celtics? Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. Magic. Maybe. They, the, no. the Celtics haven't even... You're only saying that, Josiah, because it supports your Celtics Magic are both making a theory. I played the fifth. When's the last uh, time the Celtics... No, no, but go ahead, go ahead. I, I just want to say, when's the last time the Celtics have won a game by less than 10 points? Been a while. Uh, the I, ticket. I have no idea. The ticket when they lost to the Raptors. <laughs> That's been, that was a, that was a while ago, and then they beat the Raptors by forty-one last yeah, week. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. Wait, are you saying loss or win? Well, I mean, just in general, they're blowing everyone out. They're killing everybody. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. So, well, I, I, I mean, they they really they took it to the Raptors real bad. The, the Cavs put up a fight. Yeah. Yeah, they only lost but, by eleven. Yeah, yeah, the ca- yeah. So literally, the, yeah, well. Yeah, but they they, been, they look but... look. The Celtics have been playing out of their minds. I am going to go on the record and say I'm not disrespecting them by picking another team. That will be inevitably misinterpreted, but I mean, the Magic are also a good team. The Magic. Fab's not going to tweet about you, man. Don't worry. You could just hold on to the Magic. Yeah, Fab will, will not call me out. I know that. Um, <laughs> but the the Magic are a good team still. I I think we're kind of they they, they, they beat the they They're beat the five, snot so. out of the Hawks last week. They beat the Mavs. The Mavs are a good team. You know, the Mavs are a very good team. I I just think Toxic's been really good. Reed's been very hot. You know, they they've got something that works, and you know, I. I think. I mean, just as I hot as good. just as good they're as Toxic's been. Through six. Just as good as Toxic's been, though. Mel has been. Just as good as Fa- uh, Reed has been. Fab has been. I mean, the Celtics team. Everyone on their team is playing at their best right now, and so is the Magic. Okay, but let's let's compare power forwards. DT, yeah, DT's definitely playing. Yeah. But Bully's been playing. Dude, Bully was. Dude, I was Bully. very disappointed in Bully in the first half of this year. After they moved him to power forward, he's been pretty damn good. Yeah, no, no, Bully's Bully's been good, but I think DT's yeah. also been very yeah, good. Yeah, DT's right? great, right? Yeah, DT's and, and yeah. DT's you know, better. King Cam's been good at center. Right? No autographs has been good at center, but what's interesting to me, especially in this one, the Celtics Magic, is I like the fact for the Magic that they've got Manny, you know, guarding the three. Right, Manny was one of the better locks in the league uh, when he was on the lock earlier this season, and the fact that they can put him on profusion. Defensively, I think it is a nice little point in their favor. Uh, I mean, he, they could put him on him. We'll see if he could defend him. 
go with that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Are you predicting he will? I expect I expect Manny to, to defend Profusion. I expect Profusion to score uh, between 15 and 19 points. Sounds like a pretty good win to me. And you, you still think Magic are going to win if Profusion scores 19? Because I'm assuming that Fab is going to score 20 plus because Fab scores 20 plus regularly. Think, uh, Mel scoring though, not as many. <laughs> He's one of the well, best shooters in the league. He's a lock, so... so he's you know. the best shooter in the league. Excuse me. Excuse you. Um, no, I, I just... Although, Mel had Mel's 17 been, like, last really game good. against the Cavs. Yeah, no, Mel has been phenomenal. Mel, Mel got his energy back, and that makes a huge difference. Um, I, think, I think the winner of the game will pretty much be determined by the first quarter. I think... I think if if the Celtics come out hot in the first quarter, they get their energy going. Fab gets on a roll, then then they're going to be in business. But you know, by contrast, if the Magic show up, the Magic the Magic have had a couple quarters this year where they just don't show up. And as long as they don't have one of those, you know, I'll I'll sleep well tonight, and I'll sleep well the night after they they win or lose, whether or not they win or lose, like. Nice, really? sa- nice save. They're, nice save. They're, they're winning or losing has no bearing on my <laughs> schedule. Nice all, save. Honestly. Nice save. Actually, That's... and you know, I, I'm not even going to know who won that game that... until Saturday night, so I'll sleep really easy. That's an interesting qualifier to, to put on your prediction. As long as the Magic don't have another 0.4 quarter as they have had before. Well, no, but I, I'm no, I started it with the Celtics, though, so you guys can feel free to put a similar amount of detail into your predictions. I still haven't heard Will's predictions. So. <laughs> I'm going Celtics. I picked them to make the playoffs, didn't I? I picked them to win it all. What's, what's your point? <laughs> yeah, you did. You both did. I mean, they're, they're, Celtics are really hot right now. Celtics so, are extremely hot right now. So Excruciatingly it's de- it's hot. Definitely not out of the question. Boiling hot. I, but, you know, they're, they could win it all. They could win it all. They could be one of those dark Seven horses. Seven game win streak. Yeah, that's seven game win. That's streak. impressive. It's very impressive. Yeah. So the T Wolves are on a four game winning streak. Yeah, they. The Warriors are on a five game losing streak. Heat Heat on a six game losing streak. Guess Guess who's on an eleven game losing streak? Is it the Lakers? The Pistons. It is the Pistons. Oh. Yeah. Wait there. Oh yeah, yeah. Because they started yeah. one and one. They started one and one. Free Jack. I'm gonna write. I'm gonna write a piece of the all free team, and it's gonna have Jack on. <laughs> Jacko and Meek are first team. Jacko and Meek, probably Jayful. Yeah, Jayful. Yeah. Um, That's a decent little squad. Yeah, it's a pretty good squad. Three. Um, we, uh, we need a point guard and center. I don't know. It would have been free lab. Well, big like big point ago. point guard. Big, big oh point yeah. Guard. Oh okay. <laughs> oh that's yeah. right. <laughs> oh man. That would that would be less good, I think. I'm gonna put Cash as a point guard. I mean, you don't really need to. I mean, who else? Who else? I, I don't know. You don't. Kel Mav. You don't. The 76ers don't I'm, need to what? free anyone. 
No, the 76 is done. I'm not putting Kel Mab at point guard. Oh, not at point guard. I'm just considering for the team. Uh, I, I need a center now. Eh, I'll figure it out. That's an interesting yeah. article. Um, all right, Len, Len, who did did you did you say who you, who you think would win Magic Celtics? He picked Celtics? the Celtics. He picked, he picked the, the Celtics. Celtics. Okay. Like a coward. How? Okay. They they've been the best <laughs> team lately. No reason. No, you're not not a coward. Okay. Well, we'll revisit that next week then. Um, but that is the biggest game. That's the biggest of game. the season. That's a massive game right there. Until potentially Nets and Pacers in Week 12. Potentially. Potentially. Um, did we did we skip any teams? Talked about Kings are in. Who is your Who is your team? Your second team? Are we doing second teams? No, um, like not. I mean, I... we kind of covered. We kind of covered. Yeah, I think I we covered everyone. Unless you want to talk about. Um... Unless you Cavs want to, Legion and their zero percent chance of making the playoffs. Unless you want to crap on some more teams, we've pretty much talked about it. <laughs> we could, yeah. That's another another terrible prediction that just happened to end up <laughs> correct from Len. We said the Cavs have a zero percent chance. How is it terrible? Playoffs. It's like come to fruition, like all of them. <laughs> just because they they become correct doesn't mean they were good. <laughs> yes, it does. It's not. <laughs> No, it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> That's R.E.A. Abra based his entire reporting <laughs> career on that premise, and it backfired. Oh, my God. Hey, I don't threaten to shave my head for no reason. Th- these predictions, they come from deep analytics uh, and yeah. research, okay? Okay. What well. was that prediction again? Was that for them making the playoffs? No. For them winning the ticket. Well, oh, the, the Pistons. Yeah, Pistons winning yeah, the ticket. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, those, but those yeah, are the good old days. Mm-hmm. I'll have another one of those here soon, maybe for the playoffs. You know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I got to see how the chips fall. I got to see how the chips fall, and then <laughs> you you actually put thought into those instead of just throwing something at the wall. I just said I have sticks. tons of deep analytical research with these okay. predictions. These percentages yeah, don't it. come from nowhere, man. This, you know, I no. have my own playoff no. odds formula in my head when it comes to. <laughs> Some of these. Yeah. Yeah. No, I believe it. I'm just picturing it. like a team and a corresponding emoji, and that's how you decide your playoff odds. <laughs> oh my goodness. I mean, should we talk about the Cavs? They almost pulled off the heist of the century against the Celtics with that fadeaway yeah. three pointer at the end of the game from Trey on a post scorer that bounced off the rim, bounced off the top of the backboard, and went in to force overtime. The Cavs play some crazy games. Yeah. They've had a lot of crazy games all year. Like, just for, you know, the good of the cosmic balance of the universe, it's actually good that the Cavs did not win that game. Because there's no way they deserve to win that game after that shot went in. You just... You can't hold your head high after a win like that. And I would have been absolutely sick if I was on the Celtics and the Cavs won that game because of that shot. I mean, the Cavs, that's a telling of the Cavs season, though. They've had a couple wins where the game fell in their favor. Yeah. Um, Accidental timeouts. 
uh, <laughs> glitching defensive assignments. I mean, uh, yeah, cool. yeah, oh, that, that matters that a lot. That what a ten huge weeks huge. later? Yeah, yeah, that's a big one. That's a big one. They've just wow. It like you forget about that next game. The the first one, the one where Savage got the game winning dunk. Idris had the all time gaffe. You forget about that game. <laughs> Yeah. But let, let, let's just recall week one where the Pacers blew out the Jazz. The Hawks beat the Celtics. The Bucks went 2-0, including one over the Blazers. Those those are the days. The Mavs only beat the Grizz by one. After they held them to four points in the first quarter. Yep. Which I thought was going to be the worst quarter we've ever seen until the Lakers scored two. Uh, how about the Magic? Yeah, that, that, yeah. Yeah, the Lakers, I think it's almost worse for the, like, it just orders of magnitude worse for the Magic to score zero, because. That's, um. If the Lakers scored two, you go, all right, that was a disastrous quarter. If the Magic scores zero, you say, what the absolute hell happened there? That's a head scratcher as to how any. NBA 2K League team can't manage a single point in a quarter. But, um. <laughs> Remember when the Hawks beat the Kings by 12? It, the first few weeks were kind of wild. Um. Remember when the 76ers lost to the Kings? We were like, wow, like they lost to the Kings? Well, that's not that bad of a loss in hindsight. So, it's been a, it's been a, a weird season. Wow, the weird season. The Bucks are the only team to beat. Blazer five in the regular season so far. That's and the only team to lose to Pistons GT in the regular season. Yeah, that's quite yep. the uh, season for them. Yeah. Oh man. Um. Anything else we want to talk about? I think I've done too much talking today. I'll be yeah. hearing from. Go vote! Go lawyers. vote! Go vote! Go vote! Go vote in. For the awards, go vote. You have a voice, fans. Are those and awards open? Like... Those aren't open yet. Yeah, I thought that, that you just vote on Twitter. But the MVP finalists haven't been revealed yet. But don't they vote as they come out, though? Like, they're like, Coach of the Year, tell us who you want. And then you say, at... No, oh, but I don't think they're the tallying fans, the fans those. Oh, I thought they were tallying it like, a, like, a, like the NBA does. Oh no, they're just, they're just trying to get their hashtag engagement. Oh uh, well, that's a rip. To to boost the hashtag brand of the league. Um, shout out to Harris. Um, hashtag Will loves the Jazz. <laughs> don't know where that came from. I legitimately don't. Um, <laughs> we've gone, we've gone, uh, we've gone a long time. Um, so. I guess we'll. It's been a long we'll time too. So yeah, it's yeah. it's been it's been a long time. I had to give the people what they wanted. Yeah, the people want long podcasts. Um, Josiah, where can the people find you and all of your wonderful content? Find me on the big blue Twitter bird at Josiah Cohen thirteen. You can find me writing on dimer two k dot com. Len. Where can the people find you in all of your wonderful content? You could find me and all of my wonderful content on uh, Twitter at Len underscore 2K. 
you could find my writing content on dimer2k.com. I'm getting ready to uh, release a pretty cool article. I, I spoke with a uh, a coach who who came on board this year uh, for one of the teams who looks like they're about to make the playoffs and uh, really got some great insight on uh, on his thought process throughout the year. Uh, so look out for that coming out this week. Uh, and yeah, I, I feel like I should apologize. It's it's my fault that um, uh, playbook has has been delayed, but uh, I I assure that the technical issues uh, will be resolved here soon. So we'll get those up and running again here soon. But yeah. Dimer playbook. Remember that? Yeah. It's a thing. We're we're bringing it back. We made we made Vandy the player he is today. <laughs> and by and by we made Vandy the player he is today, I mean we did absolutely nothing. Um, yeah. Va- Vandy just subtly, you know, did a great job putting the work in and improving. How how did the Knicks offense go after we put out that video? They almost exactly. won the ticket. They almost won the ticket. Exactly. Oh, okay. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Exactly as expected. <laughs> exactly as we we've been perfect, except for that shots on the post score. Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, to be fair, maybe, they stopped maybe, doing it. To be fair, they stopped doing it. So right, because they knew every team was watching our our breakdown. And, yeah. You know, yeah. They realized they wouldn't have the same kind of effect. <laughs> yeah. Dang. Man, Dimer has power. I'm telling y'all, Dimer has power. <laughs> You know, uh, until until we don't get you know voting for oh for yeah work. that that but be let's awkward. not go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> Harris already told me I don't get a vote, so it's okay. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Will Beverina. That's B E V E R I N A. Follow Dimer at Dimer Two K. But if you're listening to this podcast and you don't follow Dimer, then what are you doing? Dimer Two K dot com uh, for NBA. 2k league news and content thanks for listening today um like i said we went long but we had a bye week so we we had we had two weeks of thoughts that we just had to get out uh but we're gonna wrap it up now um thanks for listening everybody and we will see you next week to take a look at week 12 the final week of season two of the nba 2k league see you then identity and integrity